Dear Lord, we realize just that lately everything's changing too damn fast. And, and all sorts of things are always the same, even things we hated, like shoveling the turkey and stuffing the snow and going through the same crap year in and year out. Honey, food's getting cold. As I was saying, dear Lord, before my wife interrupted me, give me those old-fashioned pain-in-the-ass traditions like Thanksgiving, which really means something to us, even though we couldn't tell you what it is, are starting to stop. And thousand-year-old trees are falling over dead, and they shouldn't. That's all from this end. Amen. Amen. A woman. That was absurd. Let's eat dead bird. Friday night, I crashed your party. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody this weekend, and uh, you know what? I'm back from my two-week cruise with Mama. Uh, Don and I spent 15 days, 15 glorious days on the princess, the star princess, from L.A. to uh, the Hawaiian Islands, four days in the islands, and uh, five days back with a stop in Ensenada on uh, last Sunday afternoon, and, or Sunday all day. Didn't get off the ship because I've been to Ensenada. I don't know why, what there is to see there, and the only thing there is to do to do there is drink in my opinion and uh, i did plenty of that on the boat I'd be happy to uh, announce i only gained eight pounds uh on the ship 15 days of and i and i actually got on the scale when i got back and i go eight pounds is that all eight pounds i ate bread at every meal i ate desserts not every meal but whenever i felt like it there was uh eating all night all night with room service there was uh and there was patron uh patron silver tequila in my uh in my uh on my menu and going through my liver every single night for 15 nights in a row so uh, i have to say hey, 8 pounds that's all i don't understand it but uh thanks scott McAfee for sitting on me for 2 weeks so i could give my uh my wife 2 weeks of uh of a uh, time with uh with no work almost no work and uh, no radio shows and any of that stuff, and it was fun, fun, fun. You know, and it also also it gave me uh, two weeks to digest the the uh, election results because Don and I voted before we left at uh, the county recorder, and then got to watch the election returns and uh, in our room on the on the boat and uh, and everything that followed it. So I'm going to talk about that stuff, but first. Before I go any further, for those of you that don't know me, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in, in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and if you're looking to buy a house, there are fantastic opportunities out there. As long as you get off your butt and go uh, go write some offers now while you are a uh, uh, in the minority of people, people want to buy houses, but they're just not, they're just not now cause it's Christmas season. So, uh, but get out there and write some offers. The sellers are starting to get desperate and, uh, get out there and write some offers. But if, but, but for, if you need financing, first thing you do is call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're a cyber kind of person and you just want to do it the computer way, 
Go to www.wccloans.com, wccloans.com. Click on uh, looking for a loan. Click on apply now. Uh, put in as much information as you want me to have, then you'll tell me how much information you want back. And you'll hear back from either myself or one of my one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Randy Johnson. And uh, we will uh, help you find the missing pieces of your uh, real estate financing puzzle and help you uh, dial in what you're doing. Make sure you you can go there with confidence. You know, I don't talk about talk about real estate and financing that much on the radio because I think you guys think it's boring. But if you listen to me and say, hey, this guy thinks like me, we all sell the same product. We all sell the same products. We all have this, the rates all come from the same people. It's the kind of service you get and the kind of, uh, you know, I know that I believe God gave me two ears and one mouth and expect, expects me to use them in that, in that, uh, in that proportion. And since I'm on the radio talking into a microphone, I really have to listen a lot. But one, one thing I've found over the years is the more I listen, the more I understand uh, what makes the most sense for you. And bottom line, when you're looking for your house, you should be uh, looking at a house and say, not what my realtor likes, it's what I like. Oh, wait, let me rephrase that. It's not what my real estate realtor likes and it's not what I like, it's what my wife is happy about. So whatever makes your wife happy, that's the house you buy. If you're buying to, uh, to invest, it's all about the numbers. It's all about the... How much does it cost? How much money are you putting out? How much are you bringing in? Uh, what's your payment going to be? And you make make sure it makes numbers. Or if you're going to flip it, you know what are, what are the numbers there? But when you're buying a house, it's all about what makes your wife happy. And those those of you guys that are married that say, hey, I don't believe that, well, you're lying. So uh, if you want to be happy, keep your wife happy. So uh, so if you want so if you want to uh, if if you want to uh, put in your information, you'll get a call back from us. Or give us a call. We'll help you get dialed in. Um, hopefully, if you hear somebody that sounds like they think like you on the radio, that's where you want. Uh, if you hear something you want repeated, you can get the podcast on edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the podcast page. You have this show as well as several past shows. You can also get the uh, the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, or you can subscribe for free. Have it downloaded to your computer or your phone or your whatever device you listen to podcasts on uh follow me on twitter at ed hoffman and facebook is uh facebook.com slash the main event ed hoffman so anyway let's talk about let's talk about the fun stuff what's been going on in this country and i know that you heard scott's take on the uh on the election last two weeks but since i was gone i want to give you my take because i think everybody's entitled to their opinion and i think you're all in entitled to mine so uh after the after two recounts, two recounts. This is the exciting stuff. It's if uh, if the Democrats win, then it's it's all over. If the if the Republicans win, we demand a recount. Amazing. So after the two recounts, multiple lawsuits, loaded political rhetoric, the twelve day election marathon in Florida is finally drawing to a close, and with Republicans coming out on top in both races. This week, outgoing Republican uh, Florida Governor Rick Scott won the recount on uh, for the junior Senate seat over the incumbent Bill Nelson, Democrat Bill Nelson, who's eh, kind of a mealy mouth little wiener, um, and, and he had a lead of 10,033 votes. In the governor's race to succeed Rick Scott, so Rick Scott was termed out, then he said, hey, instead of getting out of politics, I'm going to run for Senate. Um, Democrat Andrew Gillum, conceded Saturday night after concluding his his own recount would not sufficiently close the gap. So if you remember, he actually conceded 
because they they announced that uh, that uh, Ron DeSantis won, and then uh, when it all came out and all the ballots were there, it was really close, like less than half of a percent. Um, but it, he ended up winning winning with a margin of thirty two thousand votes. Uh, Ron DeSantis for for a governor. So, but uh, um, Andrew Gillum conceded, and then he he pulled back. He says, "I'm going to replace my replace my my uh, concession speech with." this statement that all votes should be counted. But then after a while, uh, after a while he realized that, Hey, if you vote all the, all, all the votes and every single, every single, uh, uh, absentee voter, every other ballot that hadn't been counted, if they all went for him, he'd still lose. So, uh, so he conceded, uh, last Saturday, um, official results show that, uh, DeSantis defeated Gillum by 32,000 and, uh, uh, um, Rick Scott, uh, beat, uh, beat Bill Nelson by 10,033. 10, the recounts were reminiscent of the 2000, 2000 presidential election when Florida became the laughing stock of the country by taking five weeks to declare George W. Bush uh, what was the victor over Al Gore, and it was over 537 votes. I mean, that one was microscopically close. But when it comes down to it, one vote more wins. Wins and of course, oh well, but what about the electoral college? Okay, guess what? The electoral college is electoral college. So, if you uh, if the electoral college is designed so that um, in a presidential election that California and New York, who have the majority of all the population, they don't get all the say for the whole country, um, because there's so many people crammed into these two stupid states. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Oh, I haven't even got to how California voted yet. Okay, but uh, well, I'll get to that in a second. But in Georgia, the midterms aren't quite over. In Al- in an Atlanta Congre- congressional w- race, Republican uh, Rob Woodall leads by 419 votes over Democrat uh, Caroline Bordeaux, who, of course, requested the recount. Georgia law uh, allows a recount if the margin between the candidates is less than 1%. Um, so that one's still, still uh, coming down to the wire. Um, what, what is over in Georgia governor's race where Republican Brian Kemp won by 55,000 votes, just barely over uh, half of a percent, uh, barely over 50%. Um, because of Kemp's lead was so narrow, Abrams, Abrams, who was, uh, uh, Abrams, Stacey Abrams, who has claimed to be a victim of voter suppression since election day, you know, voter suppression, that's where we don't let people vote if they don't have IDs. That's where we don't let people vote. If uh, it's it's voter suppression, if we just want to make sure that you're a legal resident, that's where we, uh, you know, if if you don't get to vote twice, that's voter suppression. Uh, if we don't let you cheat, it's voter suppression. So uh, she pl- so she says she plans to bring major federal lawsuit against the state of Georgia for gross mismanagement of the election. Whatever. Here she is making her voter suppression case and refusing to say whether Kemp is the legitimate new governor. It was not a free and fair election. It was not fair to the the thousands who were forced to wait in long lines. It was not fair to the thousands that were put on hold with their registrations. Is he the legitimate governor-elect of Georgia? He is the person who won an adequate number of votes. But that's, you're not using the word legitimate. Is he the legitimate governor-elect of Georgia? He is the legal governor of Georgia. Yeah, it's never legitimate unless the Democrat wins. 
Hey, you know what? Uh, is this the legitimate father of my child? Uh, well, uh, I will say that he planted a seed inside me, and uh, and uh, but you know, is he the legitimate father? No, uh, he's not the legitimate father. Uh, whatever, you know. There's there's something, some natural laws and some natural uh, equations that you know. It's did he win or he didn't win? Is he legitimate? He's not legitimate. So anyway, uh, you know, who know who knows what all went on? Um, I was talking to uh, Aja Smith, Asia, I call her. I got myself, you know, I, I've been calling her Asia since I met her like, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, probably longer than that, um, when she was a teenager. And because that's her name, but everybody called her Aja. So I've been training myself to say Aja. So if you hear, so if you hear me slip up between Asia and Aja, still the same person who's running and I got her on the phone now, uh, Aja Smith, who was, uh, my candidate for the, the, uh, Congress seat for the 41st district. I got behind her, her campaign right from the beginning and basically with not, with no exposure other than one time on my show, she got, she got about 43% of the vote. Since then, if you watch social media, this is what's peculiar to me because I'm assuming if it's happening in my district, happened throughout, uh, throughout the state and throughout the country. Uh, if you watched, if you watch social media, Aja was appearing somewhere almost seven days a week. Am I wrong? Yes, I was on social media doing events, unite IE, you name it, I did it. Meets and greets. She was all over the place. Every time there was a meet the candidates. You had all these candidates, and and Asia was there. Everybody Thank I know you. that that met Asia um, said, "Wow, I like her. I'm voting for her." So, but in the final, in the final, in the general election, you actually got less votes. Yes, less percentage. Less percent, less percentage, but there was a higher higher turnout in the general. But you ended yes. up with thirty nine percent instead of forty three percent, which boggles my mind because nobody knew who she was. Nobody, no signs, no robocalls, no advertisements, no fundraisers, nothing. And, and Takano on the other side, I saw a couple of photo ops that he did that were, uh, were that got posted on the news or some, or on the news or in, in social media, but I didn't see him appearing anywhere. No, he didn't do any, anything. And it may, it may, it just seems peculiar to me that after all that work and all that effort and all that money that you, you didn't come out better than you did. Tell me what your opinion is. It goes back to the root problem. And I've been seeing this growing for years. Just dealing with local politics is the mail-in ballots. If the accountability is the mail-in ballots are legit. And that's been a problem in California since the passage of AB 1921 where they pass, where anybody can take a mail-in ballot, no matter who it is, who it's from, to the register of voters. And it starts from there. Because before mail-in ballots, you had to have a designated family member or spouse to drop off your ballot, and that was it. Now, ever since the passage of AB 1921, I think it got passed back in 2010 or 11. I, I had to go back and look at when it got passed. Anybody can gather as many ballots as they want. So pretty much what I see what's going on is ballot harvesting. So you could just actually uh, be, hey, I'm a mobile, I'm a mobile to- polling place. Just uh, fill out your ballots yes. and bring, and I'll come pick them I up. Will, and I'll come pick them up or 
I can set up shop somewhere and say, here, bring your ballot and sign it, and I'll vote for you. And I'll make your ballot for you. And that's been going on. But it's gotten rampant. It's really gotten rampant here. And it's not just this district. It's the whole entire state of California. This was a dry test run, people, we're going to face in 2020. Yeah, it reminds me of a uh, of a scene from the movie Gangs of New York. Cast for Monk and Tamane, by God. Twice. Twice. Only twice. You call that doing your civic duty? Come with me. Oh, no, you don't. Get back and sit down. Here's another one. Clean them up good. Shave their beards off, boys, and send them back to vote again. All right, boys. Vote Monk, Tamane. Monk, Tamane. Two monks already won by 3,000 more votes than there are voters. Only three make it 20, 30. We don't need a victory, we need a Roman triumph. But we don't have any more ballots. Remember the first rule of politics. The ballots don't make the results. The counters make the results. The counters keep counting. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Asia. Continue. The mail-in ballots are our number one issue of why we lost all of our elections, regardless how much money anybody had. I knew people who had good money. They had good advertisement. Kimberly Brown, I really thought she was going to win. Sean Flynn, I really thought he was going to win. And I, I didn't expect a slam dunk for me, but we all lost. Hey, Ajit, can uh, you uh, keep in touch and let us know how, how anything pursuing anything on this goes on? I want to keep everybody. I What I think should be done, no more, no early voting. No more. Have to have, have to have photo ID to vote. Yes. And stick your finger in the ink. You, yes. vote, you vote one time. That stuff doesn't come off for a for a week or 10 days. And, uh, you and know, I'll have it. to say we got something out of Iraq, their voting system. And, uh, and let's, let's do it. Let's do it right. Um, but I, we got to do something to get rid of voter fraud. To, uh, we got to do it now. Exactly. Cause we got two years to get it on the next ballot. Guys, thank you so much. And everybody have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. You too. Okay. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you soon, Asia. So while we're on, while we're on that, uh, before I continue under the, into the propositions and how some of those things came out. Uh, a news article came out in the LA Times this Tuesday. LA County prosecutors have charged nine people with felonies, alleging they offered money and cigarettes to homeless people on LA's Skid Row in exchange for false and forged signatures on ballot petitions and voter registration forms. The Office of the District Attorney Jackie Lacey says in a statement Tuesday that alleged offenses, the alleged offenses occurred during 2016 and 2018 cycles. Five of the nine defendants were arraigned Tuesday in Superior Court. The charges include circulating a petition with false names, use of false names on a petition, and voter fraud by registering fictitious and non-existent persons. Prosecutors allege there were hundreds of solicitations for false or forged signatures, and homeless people were offered a dollar or cigarettes for participation. Ah, you know what? Uh, It's voter suppression if we recognize that this is going on. I don't think so. I don't think so. So uh, your California propositions, this proves how stupid California voters are. Uh, Proposition one, I said vote no. It passed. Four billion bond measure to create housing for homeless people. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Homeless for for low income and homeless people. Well, you know what? There's plenty of builders that are happy to build houses. and, uh, and And they'll even build, uh, they'll even build low income housing. And they don't have to, you don't have to subsidize that. And, ha- and well, it didn't take any tax money. Well, when we borrow money, it has to be paid back. That's taxes. Uh, proposition two, I said vote no. It passed. Allows counties to use money from Proposition 63's millionaire tax. That's for all of us millionaires. Everybody who makes more than 250 a year pays 13.3 to the state. Uh, use, use it on permanent housing for homeless that 
that includes uh, includes no no uh, no counseling. These pe- homeless people have mental issues. It's not always a financial issue. Most of them are mental issues, and they want to be homeless. And you know, instead of treating the the problem, we're gonna just gonna give them some free housing, and that should have been a no. Proposition three uh, didn't pass, which I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand. We got that one right. Uh, would fund projects aimed at improving water quality. Oh yeah, California voters don't like to do anything about water. We should have we should have passed one a few years back when they were trying to fix the levees. So we could actually save the water before it uh, flows out to the ocean or the dam- or the levees break. So we could actually uh, keep California growing uh, crops. Uh, Proposition 4 authorized uh, $1.5 billion in bonds to build, expand, renovate uh, Children's Hospital at Loma Linda Children's Hospital. We talked about that, and I'm assuming that everybody didn't know. If you didn't, uh, if you don't listen to the, to the main event, um, that basically all that money was just going to pay for retrofit new hospitals for earthquake laws that we've created. So we create laws and then we borrow money to make those laws happen. It's not really creating more hospitals. Proposition five gave a tax break to homeowners over 55, 55 as well as disabled uh, veterans and, and certain people that bought a house to keep their, that would sell their house. So, so you got a big house that you bought it for 50,000, your tax bill is $600 a year. And it's worth five hundred thousand now. You want to downsize and move to a smaller house, which might cost five hundred thousand, but you don't want that big house. And to move that, but your tax tax rate is going to go from from uh, six hundred a year up to up to uh, six thousand dollars a year. And so this let people move their move their taxes. People were talking about what we we're gonna what we we're gonna lose in taxes. You forget that that property they sold went from a six hundred dollar tax base to a $6,000 tax base. All I did was move it around, but it, but it encouraged the movement of properties and, and, uh, disabled people and, uh, and retirees benefited from it. Uh, as usual, we did the stupid thing and voted no on it. Proposition six is get rid of the gas tax. Wait a minute. This said, this not only got rid of the gas tax, but it said, Hey, no new taxes unless we vote on it. So what did we vote on it? We voted no. What is wrong with this with this state? And I think part of it was the way it was worded. And you can uh, take their your Democrat uh, Attorney General, um, whatever his name is, Becerra, that approved how these things were worded. So it was confusing. So if you didn't if you didn't actually have a discussion about it, you might not have voted right. Except for it was all over the TV and the radio and everywhere. Hey, get rid of the gas tax. Vote vote no on six. But guess guess what? Uh, or vote yes on six. Both yes on six. And what did the California voters do? They voted no to keep taxes on themselves. Proposition seven overturns uh, daylight savings time. That was a who care. It passed. Um, Proposition eight limits uh, has the government involved in uh, in kidney dialysis. Uh, That was no. That was the right thing to do. Proposition 10 expands local government authority over rent control. That was vote no. That was that was actually the right thing to do. Proposition 11. Uh, was uh, blah, 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 was uh, the private private emergency ambulance lets uh, the ambulance ambulance companies leave their drivers on call um, during their lunch break without having to penalize the company. That is a labor law issue, and uh, I said vote yes on it, and uh, it passed. Hallelujah. 
Proposition 12 establishes specific animal confinement. So, hey, you know, you're not treating these chickens and these cows uh, right properly. We want them to have a more comfortable lifestyle before you twist their heads off and make them in and send them over to KFC. Um, you know, so there's some more uh, some more tree huggers and stuff. They voted yes on that. That's just going to make uh, uh, people that raise raise uh, chickens and pigs and, and cows for, for meat as well as uh, they're just going to get the government in their business. And, you know, whenever the government gets in the business, push up the price of, uh, of meat now. We got the price of gas going up because you guys, all you want to do is, hey, let's control this and control that. It's ridiculous. So, uh, you know, in the general, in general, we lost the house, um, which I think was expected. I'm bummed about it. Um, but we kept the Senate. We kept the Senate, but we only we only kept it and we gained somewhere between one and two seats because there's still Mississippi that's open. And uh, so we'll see where that goes. So uh, in general, it was a disaster for California because we got no uh, no Republicans uh, elected and it just boggles my mind how that happens. We got to do something about uh, voter fraud. And uh, we'll continue to talk about that. But I'm out of time for part one of the main event. Don't go away. Five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, sports, and commercials. And we'll be right back for part two. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate financing and real estate on the on the radio because uh, I think you think it's boring. But if you hear someone that thinks like you and you need mortgage financing, if you need to refinance, you need, you know, I, well, I got a three and a half percent rate. Yeah, well, if you got three and a half percent rate on a hundred thousand dollar loan and you need a two hundred thousand dollar loan, it really doesn't going to be a logical place for you to to do anything about it. The, the rates are up from there and you got to do what you got to do. So if you need to refinance, you need to buy. Uh, call me toll-free, 855-640-2020. If you need to do a reverse mortgage, call me, 855-640-2020. Those of you seniors that uh, need some help out there. So uh, we talked about the election. We talked about the election. Although uh, Democrats uh, took back control of uh, the House this midterm, uh, the election isn't over for one very important person, minority leader Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, who's about, I don't know, 78 years old, and she doesn't really uh, talk any, talk normal and she's got so much Botox in her face, she's probably uh, got brain damage, right? Pelosi uh, desperately wants to be Speaker of the House again, uh, but but is already up against six, 16 members of Congress who signed a letter saying they won't support her as Speaker of the House this time around, and another four members who didn't sign the, the letter but have publicly expressed their lack of support for her. According to the New York Times, if all 435 members of the House were present at voting, do they ever all have all 435 members in there at one time? It's like, hey, you know what? Uh, is there any ever a time when all the employees of any company show up on the same day? <clears throat> Who knows? So it could happen. Oh, and monkeys might. Okay, never mind. Uh, so if uh, if they all if they all showed up, Pelosi would need a majority of 218 uh, to be elected speaker. And although Democrats now control 232 seats, 16 defectors would be enough to deny her the speakership. President Trump wants to come to Nancy's rescue. Um, and the only thing I can think of is that Nancy's kind of getting senile and she doesn't make much sense. And she's basically a moron. And he would rather have her leading the Democrats instead of one of the young, uh, fresh minds. 
Uh, so he, uh, uh, and, and plus she has so much money raising, uh, capability. Cause I think she's part of the mafia, um, that I think, uh, he just soon have her in there easier to deal with, uh, an enemy, you know, versus enemy don't know. But, uh, he said this week, the president said he'd be willing to talk to Republican members of Congress of Congress into voting for her if she wanted him to. I would help Nancy Pelosi if she needs some votes. She may need some votes. I will perform a wonderful service for her. I like her. Can you believe it? I like Nancy Pelosi. I mean, she's tough and she's smart, but she deserves to be speaker. And now they're playing games with her, just like they'll be playing with me with, it's called presidential harassment. The president of your country is doing a great job, but he's being harassed. It's presidential harassment. Well. In a way, her own party's harassing her. There's nobody else should be speaker. Now, that doesn't mean for 100 years, but certainly they should start off with Nancy Pelosi as speaker. And I already have a lot of votes. If she needs any votes, if she asks me, I will give her the votes to put her over the top. But before he made this offer, Pelosi had already said she doesn't want any help from Republicans. I intend to win the speakership with Democratic votes. Yeah, isn't that isn't that so reaching across the aisle? No, she's such a she's such a you know what? Oh, we need to work work together to get things done until you have some uh, opportunity. Then you don't reach. Yeah, we don't want any help from the. No, absolutely not. Don't want any help from the Republicans. Not 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 not. My opinion is, what a. no, I can't say anything. I, I can't come up with a word that I can say on the radio. It's it's pretty it's pretty depressing. Um, it's pretty depressing when I look at the election in general, and I look at California. You know what? I think about what could have happened if the California GOP actually had somebody with brains or some initiative behind them. And I know that we probably don't have a ton of money, but you know what? doesn't take a ton of money to get us all together to, to support a one of the 15 Republican senator people that were running for senator or to get behind uh, to get enough noise behind we you know we had a great we had a great candidate for governor Travis Allen who actually reminds me of the California version of of Trump and I'm sure Trump had never talked to Travis Allen and I'm sure Trump never talked to John Cox who our governor uh, candidate was. And towards the end of it, he came out and said he's endorsing Cox. And I'm sure that's because Cox used to work as a fundraiser for Newt Gingrich. And Newt Gingrich said, hey, support my buddy here. He's got some money and uh, he's a good guy. And he's run for office about six or seven times. He's never won anything. Uh, it surprised, surprised his wife more than anybody that he won, that he uh, did high enough in the primary to get into the general election this time. But uh, now Travis Allen is out there. Uh, wanting to help right the wrong that happened in California. Let me play a little uh, clip of his. Hi, my name is Travis Allen, and today I'm announcing that I'm running to be your next California Republican Party chairman. California Republicans deserve a strong Republican Party, a Republican Party that stands for our values, our ideals, and yes, supports our Republican president. For too long, the California Republican establishment has told us that we must look more like Democrats in order to be elected in the state of California. 
This sort of backwards thinking has lost seats and races across the state to where today the Republican Party is at the lowest point it's been since the 1880s. It is time that we rebuild the Republican Party from the ground up by Republicans for Republicans. Yeah, I think uh, Don and I were driving home from the uh, ship Monday morning and uh, after we got off the ship Monday um, after, did I mention 15 glorious days at sea and at the, oh yeah. And drinking and eating and okay. Uh, so we're driving home and, and we're talking about, you know, the, what happened over the election and the two weeks watching it on TV, not having a microphone to be able to give my opinions and, you know, having a chance to digest it. And I think we came to the conclusion that we either need to get behind Travis Allen and his movement to, uh, take back California because I believe I, I actually believe that had the California Republican party put the 15 candidates, Senator candidates up there. Cause I had people calling me the night before the election. Hey, who are we voting for, for Senator getting texts, getting, uh, uh, email, email, uh, messenger messages. Who are we voting for, for Senator? I don't know. There's a whole bunch of Republicans. I don't know who any of them are. Couldn't we have had one debate with just the Republicans? And say let's go. Let's all get behind one guy, because you know Feinstein was going to get in there, and we got to get whoever comes in second gets to go to the general election, and then it's just Feinstein and that person, and we could just say, hey, you know Feinstein's dead already. She just has she just hasn't been buried yet. Let's go ahead and just put someone who's who's still alive in there, and that we would have had a good chance of winning. But nobody nobody got behind that. Maybe they just think California is a lost cause. And if California is a lost cause, then that comes to our other option. Uh, option one is getting behind Travis and uh, getting behind helping rebuild the Republican Party in this state. Uh, option two is let's go interview Texas and Montana and Idaho and Arizona and uh, let's find a new state to move in because I just don't think. You know, it's not my interest in leaving in leaving this this earth and leaving uh, leaving this country in worse shape uh that so i you know i want to see i want to see my kids have the same opportunity and my kids are my youngest is 32 um so uh so i'm i'm happy that um they're where they are but i got two grandkids as well and i'd like to and hopefully we'll have some more at some point um but the i'd like to see that when i'm up in heaven down looking down on them i'm seeing them succeed and not being in a, in a socialistic socialist state or, you know, just having no opportunities. And I, and I'm already, I'm already concerned enough as I, as I see technology taking over and I go, you know what, what are our, what are our grandkids going to do for a living when they, when they, when they start actually working, what kind of jobs are there going to be? Everything's getting so automated, you know, and I, and I'm, and I'm starting to relax on that as I see, Hey, look at the, uh, look at the, the retail spots, retail spot, go into a mall. It's a bunch of no, no companies. And, uh, you know, the, you got a bunch of little private, nothing, uh, companies. And because all the other people are being displaced by Amazon and say, we could go in and say, Oh, Amazon's too big. They're making too much money. I don't think that's the right thing for this country is to tell someone they can only be, they're not allowed to be too successful. So, but I'm seeing, Hey, you know what? There's sure a lot of people driving around delivering all these packages from Amazon. There's sure a lot, somebody must be making a lot of boxes because every time I order something from Amazon, it's got like two or three boxes in it before you get to the product. And I know, uh, and I know if I go into the shoe store, if I go into the shoe store and buy some shoes, 
um, I get a shoe box and I get, uh, the shoes that are in it. If I order it from Amazon, I get the shoe box and the shoes, and then I get a whole bunch of packing around it. And then I get another box and then there's a bunch of tape and there, so there must be somebody making a ton of money producing boxes and packing tape. And I know there's a ton of, ton of money of people making, I know a DHL used to be one of those private delivery things and they're gone, but FedEx and UPS and all the, and all these, all these things are getting huge. So I'm seeing that jobs are just transferring there there. And so do I think it'll ever uh, get to where there's no jobs? I sure hope not. I sure hope not. But I, I see that, Hey, people just have to be open to the change and watch things evolve. So, uh, I just, I hope that I I'm, I'm hoping that we can help Travis Allen and the rest of us that are listening fight and turn California, um, logical again, say, Hey, turn it smart again. You know, this used to be a red state and we, you know, we had a lot of good Republican governors, uh, Ronald Reagan, Duke Majin, Pete, uh, Pete Wilson. Um, we had a lot of good, uh, Republican people in there and they're all gone now. And I have to believe it's voter fraud because I just don't, I just don't see that there's that many stupid people concentrated everywhere. Orange County used to be the one Republican holdout. And what happened? There's not one Republican person that got, that got elected in Orange County. So I don't know. It's kind of like, uh, kind of like, uh, um, I'm trying to think of what it was. All these, all these, uh, all these votes popped up and they were all for Barack Obama, none for Mitt Romney. And, uh, you know what? It's just, just amazing to me. And then all these absentee ballots show up after the election. Well, the election, Oh, look at these absentee ballots. We've got to count these first and all turns them over. I don't know. I'm a thinking guy. I'm not buying what I hear on Fox. I'm not buying what I hear on uh, CNN. I'm not buying what I hear on PMS, NBC. I'm just thinking logically. You can't get four people in my office to decide on where what they want for lunch on the same day. And But we got hundreds and thousands of people that all decided to vote for one guy. I don't know. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. So uh, let's talk about the caravan. Um, the caravan coming up from... Uh, from uh, from Honduras, Guatemala, over the the southern Mexican border that we've been talking about, and we sent the the uh, uh, Trump sent the uh, bunch of troops from the military down there to support the border patrol, and you wonder why all these people are are making a big deal and making fun of Trump and doing all this stuff. You know why they want open borders on the board? Let me let me play another scene from the Gangs of New York movie. That's the building of our country right there, Mr. Cutting. Americans are borning. I don't see no Americans. I see trespassers. Irish harps do a job for a nickel what a white man used to get a quarter for. What have they done? Name one thing they've contributed. Votes. Deliver these good and fervent folk to the polls on a regular basis, and there'll be a handsome price for each vote goes Tammany's way. My father gave his life making this country what it is. Murdered by the British with all of his men on the 25th of July, Anno Domini, 1814. You think I'm going to help you befoul his legacy? By giving this country over to them, was had no hand in the fighting for it. Yep, and that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do is let them come over here, let them vote, 
Let them vote on the direction of this country. Let them have free health care. Let them have free Social Security. Let them have free everything. And, you know, who you voted, who you brought in for uh, for governor, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom's who, who California put in there. And if you saw... And if you saw Trump come over here to visit uh, Northern California, Paradise, California, and he came down and visited the, you know, to see the the devastation from the fires, and he made a, uh, uh, President Trump made a speech, and uh, Governor Brown, Jerry Moonbeam Brown, said a few words, and Trump talked about, hey, we're going to work together, we're going to get this fixed, and realize realize that all that all that all those trees that burned. There was a bill passed to get the the forest cleared out. I don't remember the name of the bill, but they wanted to to take all these dead trees and remove them and spend some money on it. And Governor Brown vetoed it. Now you got a fire up there, and it got out of control because it's got so much fuel you couldn't stop it. And there's a whole how many? What's the death toll now? Eighty some people, and there's a thousand people missing. Uh, that they don't know if they'll be able to identify them. They're hoping that they're somewhere, but um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hundreds. It's gonna be hundreds of people that that died because that because we couldn't figure out. Say somebody introduced the bill saying, "Hey, let's clean this up, get rid of this this kindling that's there." And and Governor Moonbeam said, "Spend the money on uh, on the uh, the crazy train to nowhere and don't do that." He vetoed it. Now he's there. Talking about talking about this and that, and then Trump said, "Hey, we're going to work on this, and we're going to start managing the forest forest uh, with some common sense." And then he goes, then he says, "Gavin, do you want to say anything?" And Gavin Newsom just kind of do 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 walks around. I couldn't play a clip because he doesn't say anything. I would think if I just got uh, elected, if I was the governor elect of this great state of California, you know, the largest population of any state, not the largest largest state, but the largest population in the country, the the biggest economy in the country, I would want to get out there and 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 show some leadership. Hey, you know what, Mr. President, we're going to do this with you. We're going to do that with you. We're going to do this. We're concerned about that. Show the people of California that you give a something. Uh, I had to catch myself there. You know, and it, but it just makes me mad. This this is our governor. This is the guy that we elected to run our state. We're in trouble, folks. We are in trouble. Either decide you're leaving or decide that you're with me and you're going to get with Travis and we're going to do something about this. We're going to make some changes so that we won't live to see the the benefit from it probably or hopefully we do, but we won't the biggest benefit's going to go to our kids and our grandkids. If you care about your family, care about this state, either get your family out or help us turn the state back around. So uh, I'm trying to get Travis Allen maybe on the show next week so we can discuss what his uh, what his plan is and how how we get involved in all that stuff. Because um, I just think this guy is full of energy. He's inspirational. And I would have loved to have him be a governor. So anyway, but we'll talk about that next week. Uh, so the Central Central American migrant caravan is now entirely is is almost entirely gathered near the U.S. border uh, on the Mexican cities of Tijuana, Mexicali. So while the uh, media made a big story out of the Pentagon saying that many of the 5,800 troops who deployed to the border earlier this month will be home in time for Christmas, as if it was a big waste to deploy them. The fact is that President Trump has authorized the troops to protect customs and border protection uh, personnel from migrants who choose to engage in violence. So, hey, you know, they really can't attack these people until they attack first. 
and the border patrol has their rule, rules of engagement and the military will say, you know, if you have to use force to protect our people, use force. Um, the Pentagon confirmed it received the White House memo, which says U.S. troops are authorized to conduct activities such as crowd control, temporary detention, and cursory search, and to use a show, a show or use of force, including lethal force, where necessary in order to perform these protective, protective activities. I say, why not? You know, you throw a rock at me, you hit, hit me in the head, I'm dead. Okay, if the if if we're gonna let people come across the border. Or we're going to let them attack our people and we're going to say, hey, we've got guys here with with guns and whatever other things and we're not going to let them use it. I don't think so. Secretary of Homeland Security Kirsten Nielsen wants to clear up the media misinformation about the caravan even more. Here she is in a press conference on Wednesday. That the reality is that there are currently over 6,200 individuals camped out south of the U.S. border in Tijuana today as I stand here. In Mexicali, there are more than 3,000 caravan members. The crisis is real, and it is just on the other side of this wall. Meanwhile, the Mexican citizens whose streets are being taken over by the caravan have, have had enough. Hundreds protested in Tijuana this week. To send a clear message to the caravan, we don't want you here. Demonstrators held up signs, no illegals, no to the invasion, and Mexico first. Listen. We don't dislike a certain group of people because they're from a country, one country or another. We uh, are here because our government has not uh, taken control of these, what we call invasions. Hey, for those of you that don't speak Spanish like me, um, what what that guy just said was what Donald Trump said is true. It's an invasion. So uh, you know, and and I think uh, you also had had um, from what I from what I heard last weekend was the uh, cartels are out there saying, "Hey, leave our country. End up like this," showing pictures of of uh, dead bodies with no heads hanging from wires uh, in, at the, at the border cities. And you know what? I think what's, what's happening is Trump said, Hey, you guys turn these guys around and, and get them back into their countries. If you let them come all the way through your country from the Southern border, you couldn't stop them at the border. If you can't get them turned around and keep them away from the United States of America, then our deal, the USMCA, the United States, Mexico, Canada, uh, trade agreement is off. And you say, hey, you know, you guys want to work together? You want to support each other? Then you guys stop this BS. So uh, apparently they can't quite do it. The people in Mexico aren't happy about it. And maybe their law enforcement can't do it. So they got the cartels involved. Um, yet another, and now now another federal judge has blocked Trump's executive order barring the migrants from crossing over border without legally presenting at a port of entry. As usual, this was in the Ninth District, Ninth Circuit in San Francisco, uh, here's the president on that. Well, you go to the Ninth Circuit and it's a disgrace and I'm going to put in a major complaint because you cannot win if you're us a case in the Ninth Circuit. And I think it's a disgrace when people file, every case gets filed in the Ninth Circuit because they know that's not law. That's not what this country stands for. Every case that gets filed in the Ninth Circuit, we get beaten and then we end up having to go to the Supreme Court like the travel ban and we won. So what Trump said was, that, "Hey, if you come if you come across come across the border illegally, then you don't have any rights to uh, to claim uh, um, to ask for asylum. You know, hey, I'm a refugee. I'm trying to. We we have laws that say we're going to treat the people like this. But if you come through our entryway, 
those laws exist. If you if you come across illegally somewhere somewhere else, you have no rights to that based on what what our thing is. Oh, you can't do that. You can't deny them their rights. These people are here illegally. They have no rights. They're not U.S. citizens. But apparently, there's a bunch of uh, Democrats that don't understand that, and so what do they do? They get some judge to rule on it. So this will put that off till it goes to the Supreme Court, where it'll get overturned, and we'll just we'll just we'll just uh, play games with politics. Um, the other thing I saw on social media this week, I saw a tweet from Frank Luntz saying, uh, "Put America first. Does that mean uh, uh, accepting the word of the Saudis over our own intelligence?" And what that was was. Um, the CIA, CIA concluded this week that uh, that the Saudi government, specifically Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, was responsible for the murder and dismemberment of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey. Regardless, of President Trump wishes to remain neutral on the matter because of the geopolitical implications of cutting off our relationship with the Saudis. Here's the here's the president. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. They did not make that assessment. The CIA has looked at it. They've studied it a lot. They have nothing definitive. This is about America first. They're paying us $400 billion plus to purchase and invest in our country. China and Russia would love to make $100 billion worth of military equipment from Saudi Arabia. We have the contracts. They wanted those contracts. That would be a big, fat, beautiful gift to Russia and to China. They're not going to get that gift. The The Democrats are trying to push their political morality on Trump for making judgment for not making a judgment on the on something that happened in Saudi Arabia but they won't take they won't take a stand on what goes on in Chicago they won't take a stand they want to push something about uh Ivanka Trump using her private email server Ivanka Trump is a private citizen she's working as a consultant in the in the White House she doesn't take a paycheck and but they don't have anything to say about it when Hillary Clinton's Secretary of State was doing it you know what Use your common sense, folks. Use your common sense. Use your thinking caps. Hey, uh, try not to try to be nice to each other this weekend out at the malls or wherever you're. Uh, if you're uh, jamming up the computer lines on Amazon, doing your Black Friday sales. I'm all out of time. I'm going to be a mammoth this weekend, staying away from everything and having some time with my family again. Have a great Thanksgiving. My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week. The views expressed on this program are Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747, NMLS 9873, and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 0937346.